ragdog earthlets. Before we start the show, I just wanted to mention The 77, a comic that I talked about kickstarting a few months ago. It's now out and really great, available at local web shops and others and uh, sub stores. I got two copies. I greatly suggest checking it out. I've posted a link for how to purchase it in the show notes if you're interested. And they're friends of the show, and I highly recommend this product. (laughs) Anyway, enough about that. Let's get on with the show. Borat Dog Earthlets. My name is Connor, I'm my friend Fox. This is the 205th episode no, of Space no, 2000. No. Yes. Always. 205 years of podcast where two <laughs> Americans are to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one with the progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for August and September 1989, progs 641 to 644. This time... Judge Anderson and Judge Dredd deal with old enemies. It's a psychic duel in Moonrunners. The survivors oh, yeah. on the run and fervent and loathe return to confuse us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, the complete case files 13, Anderson, the sci files 1, Strontium Dog, the final solution, Indigo <laughs> Prime, Killing Time, and the Mean Team Collection. God, it's just every time I hear the final solution now, I'm like, God damn it, 2018. <laughs> Listen, gotta do it, all right? Got to have but, a final solution or name something the final solution? <laughs> I guess name something that, pretty I much. I mean, I, I definitely hope it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of complex plans that involve a lot of death, Fox. Oh, my God, fuck. <laughs> let's <laughs> go to... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Listen. Through one Anderson side division, the Warlock. <laughs> Sorry. Getting ready for these. I Script know. robot Alan Grant, art robot Arthur Ranson, letter robot Steve Potter. So last episode, Fox. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't even remember it, that many years ago. It was one year so ago. Many. Veil of time. Uh, Judge Cassandra Anderson was investigating uh, several paranormal events that she uh, uh, and then watched the dreams of two young girls when suddenly they seemed to summon the giant block nest monster that has now led to a massive disaster. Whoops. Anderson is talk is uh, is now taking the girls, Coran and Leslie, to get a deep side probe, and the mom oh. is being handled handed to Judge Corey, who we of course saw die in the sci-fi special. But that was in the summer, and we know this story is taking place in January, mm-hmm. so I guess there could be some time explanations here. Just I some mean, time there could be multiple Judge Corys. I guess maybe you give them Roman numerals at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there wouldn't be multiple ones in um. Inside Division, I guess. Maybe. And usually they, they start messing around because you get like Judge Dredd and then also Judge Rico, right? When they have the same last name or something uh, like that, right? Think about it. Yeah, you're thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and that might be why the, why Judge Giant had Giant on his badge because there was also a Judge Clay out there or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, deep in the bowels of Side Division, the girls are hypnotized and probed. Not like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, that evil jogger we saw last episode, is there any other kind, is reporting on the triad deal. They're all (laughs) trying to run at you and get you. Beware the jogger. Beware the biker. Beware the 
I don't fitness person. Wine bar enthusiast. Well, it seems yeah. that this was all planned ahead of time, and the man's now planned to go through the final test tomorrow. Vengeance will be ours. All right. Seems legit. I mean, who who doesn't want vengeance against Mega City One? I'm very interested in Revenge Fox. Everybody knows that about me. That's um, true. Anderson, Anderson's probing now with a Cyan helmet. She travels through the images of previous second attacks <laughs> we've seen. helmet. Yeah, definitely. Deep into the girls' minds. It's, it's kind of a cerebro, I guess. Yeah. Deep into the girls' minds and finds the crying form of that boy, Eric, that we've met previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, on a mountainscape, people are reading the jogger's report. Soon they'll have their revenge. It bodes well, eh? Comrade Orlock. <gasps> Orlock's oh, back! Oh, he's got this <laughs> sweet lip scar going on, you know? Yeah, definitely. He's always so, had that, I think. But, yeah, that's yeah. how you know someone's bad, is that they've got a well-placed scar. Honestly, it's how you know that they're a character that Conrad's created, like, for a, a, a custom character for a video game, also. I mean, I put, if it's not, so, I mean, I, I kind of double dip here. I do, like, crazy fucking scars, because, of course, you've been cut in the face, but then also a bunch of makeup, because you're trying to cover it up. I like one scar usually crossing the path of the eye and, oh, and nose, the nose if possible. Yeah, that's the good one. That's like the tasteful. That's the tasteful OG scar. facial scarring. scarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Chef's so, kiss. Absolutely. So Anderson's putting together a suspect sketch of this kid um, based on her vision. And it's when it's done, the girls immediately identify it as Eric Pikey in their class at school, which doesn't seem likely because I think they're in different blocks. But whatever, well, let's just roll with it. Yeah. I mean, plot. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Soon the judges are descending on Eric's on Eric's apartment, where Anderson finds Eric's pictures of psychic events and a quick mind read reveals his stepfather's abuse. Yeah, he's a real dick. Yeah, the father, the stepfather, uh, Sylvester's arrested for child beating while Eric's mom is arrested for aiding and abetting. Amen. Complicit is complicit. That's right. Sylvester slaps Eric right there, gets pistol whipped in the face by Anderson for his trouble. Yes. Do not beat your children. Mm mm. Sylvester says that he was paid by the Justice Department to do the beating and identifies the uh, the follow up man as the same person that visited uh, Corinne and Leslie's mom. The mustachio jogger. By God. Anderson uh, isn't sure what's up, which he needs to find out. Um, the next time, oh, sorry, next time, here is Turbo. Um, he, next time is a, is a, is a, is a Turbo Boost, which I believe is a reference to the jogger's butler, Turbo. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, he's yeah. he's going, he's he's getting arrested for two things. Well, let's say three. First, of course, is all this child shenanigans. Second, of course, he's jogging around with a big old J on his shirt. And the third is you don't you don't fucking go out there with that kind of mustache, man. That is a that is a fashion offense. It's 1989. It's hard to know what's tasteful and what isn't. I think you know, like <laughs> no one has a big fucking letter on their chest. That's true. But, I mean, it's also Mega City 1, so that could mean anything, you know? That's true. But this, I mean, honestly, in this era, like, you know, 89, mustaches, reasonably acceptable. My, my dad had a mustache. Oh, I mean, my dad the, had, my dad had a the fucking 80s. caterpillar. Like, it was, you know? it was huge. It's a weird time. So at the park, we look through Anderson's binoculars as Sylvester fingers the jogger jimp. That's a jogger (laughs) judge impersonator literally pointing away from him. The jig is up as judges come pouring out of a van. 
The jogger jogs for his car as the driver turbo shoots up the ju- the judges. But then this jogger guy just makes up with the car. Turbo's <sighs> left to face the music taken two to the chest. Whoops. Anderson follows the hover limo on her lawmaster, takes it out with her bike cannon. Uh, yeah, uh, she, she grabs the ju- – absolutely. Listen, Anderson, on the spot, absolutely. She grabs him, but he's got a cyanide tooth, which he pops and dies. I mean, that's not going to matter, as we know. <laughs> like I always say, death, <clears throat> death isn't the handicap it used to be in the olden days, Fox. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just going to dive into your fucking barely alive brain and learn all your knowledge. Absolutely. Anderson scans the dying man's brain, pushing through his mental defenses. We see him in a sovsit judge uniform. And images of the of the Soviet war robots from the apocalypse war appear as well. And then Orla Oh uh. Anderson takes the, all this to Judge Silver, who reminds us, of course, of Orlock's escape during the hour of the wolf story. Uh. They've recovered equipment from the crash limo and are using it to try to update upgrade their data protection and are tracking the transmissions back hopefully straight to orlock himself man judge silver also has a really dope scar it's going from Absolutely. like bottom of the eye to bottom of the chin you know real professional you see some shit dude that's what you get with with the applied violence you know yeah i mean you got to learn what applied violence feels like to teach applied mm. violence absolutely in the Arctic, the joggers report, and we learned that his name is Joggerov, which is pretty funny, Fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't actually put that together until now. Jogger, buddy. That's really um, good. That's good. The report, the report is late. The Savs and Orlock lament that they got to work with all this outdated technology in the Arctic, but it'll be worth it when Mega City One's brought down by their own children. Oh, I guess. Like they, yeah, it's a pun there. Not they no, burn. there isn't one. Take it. Still, Orlock knows the Mega City One judges aren't dumb, so he sets up some precautions, and it's just as well as a trio of Mega City One H wagons arrive mm-hmm. at the base. They quickly destroy the defenses and come to arrest Orlock, Anderson among them, but instead only find a hologram of the assassin. <gasps> I mean, and I they guess. promise, yeah. Good, Listen, he knows work. what's going on. Would you say Fox? Sorry, I missed it. Oh no, no, I just said good work on him. <laughs> He's fancy. Um. So yeah, he promises he will grind the city to dust someday. Anderson then gets a side flash, and the, and the strike team escapes before the base self-destructs. My favorite part is about to come up here, Conrad, where uh, it's the exchange with him and Silver. And she's he's just like, oh, fuck, we don't know anything. She's like, oh, we know a lot of things. We are fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Orlock's in the wind. It's not clear how much data they got from the Mega City One computers or what plans they might have active in the city. Grim victory. Yeah. Like, you know, the like the computer system's been completely compromised by by uh, by by Sovsit eight um, by Sovsit hackers again. This is just more proof that uh, Mega City was full of Sovset sleeper agents <laughs> that we don't know could be doing anything. It's pretty rad. Um, I mean, for yeah. plot reasons. Yeah. High paranoia in, in this part. Um, mm. um, and so, um, it, yeah, grim victory even more so as Corin and Leslie are taken away by a still alive Judge Corey to be trained in Psy School. Woof. I'm not sure if we ever see them again. But um, you know, definitely worth keeping an eye out for some twin psychic judges, or even just like 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 maybe Eric too could could show up. Who knows? 
man, my favorite thing here is just that, like, at the very end, uh, Anderson's just embracing their mom, just like, you know, I learned how to fucking eventually let go of my family, too. So I'm sorry, but also, uh... yeah, I I sure hope this protecting this city's worth it, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Sure is great when I have to rip children out of their mother's loving arms. I mean, they weren't even doing anything. They weren't even implicated in anything. They were just doing some, like, ghosting around when they slept, you know? It is just the one kid. But I think what it was, and they kind of weren't super clear about this, but I believe it was that the uh, their astral projecting... Um, uh, form and so we were able to was was able to form a gestalt with Eric, uh. so that the three of them could co- like were basically unknowingly combining oh, their mental powers. Yeah, no, you're right, and providing because... a vector for Eric's hatred and anger to express itself yeah. in the form of various monsters and so because Doctor so Joggermans or whatever fucking went to both of them. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So that's the whole triad. Okay, exactly. That's good. I mean, I I yeah. love Anderson. I I like Triad. I liked. Uh, I loved the self aware. Um, this is so damning because I've said this before. Asian lettering that they do for mm. all of this. Yeah, yeah, I've talked about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I liked that. It was self aware. It kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with like? I'm ready for that like yellow scare bullshit. It's just like, oh no, man, it's the Sovs. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And I still liked yeah. it all the way to the end. Glad Orlock's back. That's a threat. Yeah, cool for cool to just sort of re up Orlock here. Absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, and I love Arthur Ranson's art. This is a great um, entry to him. I his like like with his realistic style when he draws yeah. the judges, they look different than everybody else, that that than any other artist. I think. Yeah. Just trying to put them in realistic situations is is really interesting. I mean, they almost exploded in that Arctic base, so feels Absolutely. pretty good. I also yeah. really loved his kind of take on the Sov judges. You really don't see much. It's just a helmet and a giant black cloak and, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, badge. Yeah, it's they're neat. very mysterious for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so um, Judge Anderson will be back next episode with some David Roach action who did um, the story earlier this year. Cool. What was that one? I forget. Um, yeah, but um, he'll be – yeah, but but – Anderson will be back in a story called Prophet. If you like Arthur Ranson, he's in both the Judge Dread Annual and the Winter Special this year, but he won't be back in the Prague until 1990 with God another damn. Anderson tale, Shambhala. <laughs> cool. It's my favorite serial. I mean, I, I'm excited because that, that's going to be the second, like, it's, it's going to be one of these real milestones because um, Stranger by the Dozen, there's a Shambhala, um, um, oh. Dr. Strange graphic novel as well. So this is a big, big crossover opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. And speaking of crazy psychic stuff, Fox. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> Thrill to Moonrunners. I mean, I know you told me it was coming back. It was, it's just like... I, I guess just if you if you haven't seen or rather if you haven't read the sci-fi special, this partially doesn't make sense. Absolutely, I remember on my first read through, I didn't ha- I, I didn't have the sci-fi specials in my first prog slog, so this one started very confusingly. I mean, that's kind of Moonrunners for you. Fair, yeah. So script robot Alan McKenzie as Sidney Falto, art robot Bellardinelli, letter robot Jack Potter, and I see you, Alan McKenzie. Have the courage 
to use your own name for this story, buddy. It's uh, it's you. You're the one who wrote it. You know, oh. it's one thing when it's a, when it's an artist using a pen name, and like whatever. I mean, Bellard, you know, he's still putting it out there, man. Yeah, this thing came from your head, buddy. And it's and the the first Moon Runners, you were happy to put your name on that. I see how it goes. <laughs> um, anyway. We last saw Moonrunners, as you said, right, uh, or we saw Moonrunners right at the end of 1989, the Prague, mm-hmm. and like you said, there's a prologue to this story, the 89 sci-fi special. Um, but basically, Karen Nash got word that her husband was still alive and went to go see him against Captain Flynn's warning, and her ships crashed, so he rescued her. Here we go. And then, and there's a lot of flashback and a lot of, you know, modern yeah. amount of, mini, of a mini-skirted business meetings, things like, things of that nature. Mm. Um, yeah. So now Flynn's standing over Kara's hospital hospital bed, um, remembering bad stuff about her husband Johnny. Yeah. Luckily, it seems like she's doing okay, though she's been unconscious. So though she'll be unconscious for another twenty four hours. Uh, her husband's ship comes co- comes in in one, so it should be over by the time she wakes up. Because you know she'll just go down there, meet up, you know, cap right in the face. Good good times, basically. Yeah, you know, uh, easy peasy lemon uh, squeeze the trigger. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> In the darkness, it seems that Kara and Johnny are communicating somehow, but this just feels like a rush job to have these pages that are just all I, black with some word bubbles. I mean, who, yeah, who, all right, yeah. No, I felt Real that. Real shameful work here, I, I was both. I was both glad and disappointed, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, Flynn's cleaning his gun as first mate Kempo suggests a friend of his sign on as replacement psychic hels- helmsman for the ship. But Flynn's too busy remembering that Johnny's fighter went down in flames, which nobody could have survived. But Johnny did, and now Flynn's going to settle his hash. And I'm definitely the only one who absolutely saw it, and that's why he would definitely want to kill me, because I'm the only one who saw it, and I'm definitely somebody people would believe. Because I'm the hero of that it, one thing you guys don't know about. It definitely seems like like we're sort of, like in this, uh, especially in this first one, we sort of cycle around to the same point several times in this early, in this early uh, section. It's just so weird, because he just like skips over the whole hiring thing. He's like, I saw him, and it was not good. And you're like, alright, dude, yeah. like, got it, check. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's get out of here. He calls, yeah, ask Asked and answered, exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he calls Johnny a coward and a deserter, but that he's also overconfident, which Flynn will use <laughs> to take him out. Ugh. He leaves the ship and Kempo comes along. So Flynn and Kempo wait at a rival's lounge you know, at the rival's lounge on Station Tau 7. There's a cool array of Bellardinelli aliens here. It's great. Oh, I was I was bummed there's no self-portraits. I was sort of looking for that. Uh, he's um, got a cop who just has like the top half of his body is just half a face that's really large, and he's just mm-hmm. picking his own nose with a nightstick. <laughs> Absolutely. Flynn is preparing, is preparing himself to kill Johnny when a voice calls out, it's Kempo's buddy, Goethe, who is apparently supplying the narration for all this, we find. Hooray. That's where I come in. It seems he's figured out that Johnny is a telepath, as is Goethe, I guess. Um, but... Um, you know, but hey, if you hire me on as, as a helmsman, then I can help you guys help you guys out about him. Why not? Yeah, hey, why not? Um, meanwhile, in the darkness, Kara longs for the strong <laughs> embrace of her beloved Johnny, I guess. And then Ugh. Johnny arrives. He's eight foot tall in a checkered board suit. 
on a bolo tie and just exude psychic power. Ho, Flynn, you old son of a dog. He seems to have Flynn in a trance immediately, and only a timely intervention and psychic eye duel by Gertha keeps the worst from happening. <gasps> Gertha has Kempo take Johnny to a hotel, which buys them some time, but not much. Oh, no. Next, uh, Flynn, Kempo, Gertha, and a red shirt wait at Kara's bedside, knowing that a psychic battle is about to be fought. Gertha explains that while Johnny's very strong, he lacks finesse, so if we're smart, we can take him. I, that's, they keep saying that. <laughs> In her sleep, Kara continues to talk to Johnny, asking why he left her. She starts awake, and Flynn catches her. Moments later, the sounds of screams fill the hospital, do- fill the hospital room. Man, another goo monster. That's all I'm going to say. It's just another goo monster. Crashes and strange noises get closer and closer. Suddenly the walls fall in and the crew is confronted by a massive hideous monster that used to be Johnny. Yeah, it's very um, like the big evil at the end of Mean Team as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. Is this just what psychic is to people? Kinda. It immediately bites off the uh, the red shirt's head and spits and spits the head at the rest of the boys. <laughs> Which was I've real come good. for my wife. It's real good. It's I one of the few times, especially as he's just hanging the decapitated body. Just gonna see it. Yeah. Ah, it's real good. No, good opening move, absolutely. That's good use of red shirts for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, after some pre-fight yelling, Kempo attacks um, attacks Johnny, but gets knocked out right away. In her sleep, Kara seems to remember that Johnny actually wasn't that nice a guy. He hurt her daughter, Carol, and her. She blames herself for this, but also takes responsibility here in the present. Meanwhile, Gertha tries to eye-blast Johnny, but it has no real effect. <laughs> Flynn keeps fighting. He's throwing chairs and eventually jams an oxygen tank into Johnny's mouth which a rising Kara shoots as she comes out of her bed, and Johnny gets jawsed. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the beast is beaten, and all seems well. Gertha's the new pilot for the ship, and we're heading out, and there'll be no more hurt for Kara Ogilvy Nash. All right. Well, that's good. The end of Moonrunners. Forever? Oh, yeah. Well, if you if you don't count the 2080 annual next episode, which, we, I, which will I have mean, a Moonrunners story. I just, I mean, I guess, like, why is my uh, is my first question after I read this was like, what, like, what's what's the purpose of of doing another Moonrunners here? Because I mean, mind you, I liked the first run of Moonrunners, but this is nothing like that. It's just like more of a very particular side story. You, my guess, Fox, is. I think you you and I both remember the early like couple weeks of Moonrunners where things seem really interesting. Yeah, get some crazy oh, I mean, aliens, sexy ladies, bot, yeah. uh, like a like like a a, a, cor- a corporate intrigue and stuff. Yeah, that was all stuff that I liked. It had witches too for reasons. Yeah, and so I think that was popular enough that they commissioned some of this extra Moonrunner stuff. Uh-huh. You know, but. They, you know, they did like, yeah, they did some annual stories, did some stuff for Bellard and Ellie, et cetera. But I then mean, I think when it yeah. ended, it got a lot of negative press. And they're like, oh, this, that's enough. Like, we aren't going to do any more of this. But they still had it just lying around and they need filler. I mean, we, 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 we've we talked about this, that we're in this period where they're trying to get this black and white stuff out the door. Mm-hmm. And more than other things, this one really feels like, all right, we've just got to get this out. You know, <laughs> We paid for it. We're not like, just going to let it sit there. 
yeah, we spent the money, so we might as well um, just put it out there. You know, just just put it in print event like now and just not worry about it and, and, and never see sure. this again. Basically, sure. I mean, it was a palate cleanser. I'll say that much. That was all right, I guess. But well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, got me ready for some other stuff that happened here. Sure. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to see Moonrunners leave Fox, I, but it, it does mean that that I have some sad news for you. Uh, okay. Which is that while he'll hang around for a few more future shocks and maybe a slain many years from now, this is the final full series by stalwart art- artist Massimo Bellardinelli in the Prague. That is that is uh, a fucking national tragedy. Yeah, that absolutely. is that is the true loss here. Definitely. Yeah, he's done. A ton of stuff over the years, from those first Dan Dares to the glory days of Meltdown Man and Ace uh, Trucking and stuff. Did he uh, ever just, melt down? I, and how did he melt? First and last comic he melted down, buddy. Got hit by that the, them nukes. That's um, true. You only yeah. melt twice. <laughs> first is for you. Next is for your dreams, buddy. Oh, but, my um, God. Yeah, I'm going to miss his, his artwork and his dedication just to getting out a ton of work regularly. Um, He's got such he, a great style. Absolutely, yeah. Our our next episode, the uh, the, the 2080 annual, has a, a big five-part Tharg the Mighty story by Bellardinelli, which is really fun, and, and, and the Westwood Runner story, which is not as good, but oh. um, does kind of feel almost – like a tribute to him, which I kind of like, or a send off. But yeah, it's he's sort of the last of the Prague one artists, so it's it's sad to see him go. God, that's so unfortunate because he's he's so great. That spaghetti eating bastard. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it's just a bummer, just because he goes out with such a whimper with these Moonrunner stories, which <sighs> underutilized. Again, yeah, I feel like you gotta let him draw psychedelic weirdo aliens gooping def- around. Yeah, cr- Crazy landscapes, weirdo aliens, stuff like the dead or ace trucking. Oh or all that my stuff. god, the dead. Again, like what yeah. he suffers from most is bad storylines, yet he turns them into these miraculous weirdnesses. I mean, you could I mean, not to get too into it, but you can't I, I think you can kind of see that at this point editorial sees him as sort of a lower tier artist, I guess. Uh, yeah, just maybe. because, you know, you know, he's not he, – he hasn't – I don't think he's drawn a dread since 2000 AD was in the double digits, you know? Oh. Um, like, I don't – you know, he's just not getting these big storylines or these big stories. You know, I mean, Maybe tellingly, his output is just a lot slower, potentially. Possible. I mean, no, that's not true because he's a fucking Iron Man. He did um, Meltdown Man, that's which right. is, you know, he 50, was like in the 50 issues in a row. How, like in, how in, is it? In 86, we got like – Basically, two 26-week ace trucking stories back-to-back, you know? Are they just trying to have more people in-country, maybe? No. I mean, Hans, like, you know, I think it, I, I mean, I, I, I think he is slowing down a bit for the record. Like, there were some gaps in those final Mean Team stories. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and I think in a, in a Moon, in the first Moonrunner story as well. Yeah, but who gives a shit? I mean, I guess that's me. But I, I mean, they, 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 I, they have a business to run or head. And speaking of strange alien conspiracies, Fox. Oh, yeah. Go to Thrill 3 Zippy Couriers. I mean, I would have just called this How to Extract a Donut, Volume 1 and mm, 2. Absolutely. Script about Hillary Robinson, art about Graham Higgins, letting her about Steve Potter. Glad it came um, around, though. Like, that's cool. Yeah. 
we're sort of getting up, up, ups and downs with these with these mm-hmm. with, with these big couriers. It's an occasional series, you know. Yeah, and it it was so much better when it fucking started than at at this particular moment, I would say. Mm. So we last saw the Zippy crew back in Prague 622, and you'll remember that in Prague 611, the boyfriend of the main character, Lady Sean McCullough's sister Moira, like mm-hmm. her sister's boyfriend Genghis, <laughs> ate some kind of talking donut. Um, apparently it's still in there and still talking and saying, help me inside his gut. Can't get digested if it's sentient, I guess. Yep. Up on the hover highway, Shauna gets tagged by the sky cops as a witness to a midair collision as the boyfriend Genghis walks off in the night. Shauna calls, um, in her witness status as Genghis gets picked up by a mysterious light demanding the return of the Drambet alien donut he ate. They'll have it out soon. I mean, he's floating around in their weird goo pool around this fucking, uh, navigator kind of situation. Very fly the navigator here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, luckily this space dad is able to easily remove the Drambet from Genghis and stitch him back up. Huzzah! I, I love that they're like... Uh, darning stitch or cross stitch that was a pretty good one definitely um there follows an extended conversation that's either a kind of nice future looking psa about accepting people for how they want to be perceived or a dystopian future where they're turning kids into donuts be eating (laughs) globalist rituals (laughs) i could be a cat that can talk they're turning the kids to donuts they're turning them into weird chess pieces Maybe even a teacup sack. Genghis gets shot back to Earth as he freaks out. Um, as he freaks out a future cop and arrives home. <laughs> Freaking out future cop. That's a great movie title. Yeah, he might have an idea that Butch is a talking. What Butch the talking cat is up to, but probably not. Grabs a donut, checks to see if it can talk, but in the end decides to just have some coffee. That's it for now. Oh, bye, guys. It was good to see you. <laughs> yeah, Zip, Zippy Couriers will return in February of 1990. Man, everything's coming back in 1990, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, like, I guess we're, we're partway through the year, right? So Yeah, I mean, we're in, like, going from August to September now, and when we get to 650, that's going to be, a, like, the, the lineup in 650 will pretty much last the rest of the year, basically. Okay. Um, Like... You know, I mean, Dread, of course. Oh, that's right. I, that's the but, big reset, right? Yeah, but that's going to be a big reset. So we're going to – that's going to be like Slain, Zenith, um, uh, uh, the, the this new Dead Man story. And then I believe um, like first this, this Rogue Trooper reboot, then I think oh. another – and then I think maybe a Chopper, I think. Oh. Like so. Some other story that's basically going to last us the rest. Like that. Oh God, I hope it's an, another color story that's going to last us the rest of the year. Let me let me double check just for grins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chopper. Oh, that's so great. I love we'll get, me some Chopping Stein. Like Super Surf. Basically, Super. Yeah, we'll have a uh, uh, Zen Phase Three, Dread, Dead Man, um, Slain Book, uh, Horn God Book Two, and Super Surf Eleven for basically the rest of 1989. Oh. Once we get there, oh yeah, yeah, should be good times. And hey, speaking of Judge Dread Fox, <gasps> Thrill Four, Judge Dread. Don't <laughs> shit your pants. This one's gonna be real hot. Listen, maybe you want to just as a, as a damping agent or something. Um, 
<laughs> Script robot John Wagner, art robot Chris Weston, Liam Sharp, and Cam Kennedy, art uh, lettering robot Tom Frame. Oh, my boy. And at the Shirley Temple block, you know, the uh, what you call it, child actress turned, uh, what, ambassador, I want to say? Turned delicious non alcoholic beverage. It's true. A man has been given the ultimate birthday gift by his genius son, a pair of self-heating U-fronts. Oh, boy. Uh, so I've heard of Y-fronts. Yeah. So U-fronts, yeah. is that just you like to- no no tuck out or is that like a, just a larger tuck out? I believe it's just kind of futuristic underwear. Yeah, like you said, I know in a, in a, in a ink land, they uh, refer to briefs. What, what, what we call briefs in the States is Y-fronts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not sure what the actual U-front is. I tried to look up U-front to see if that was a thing. And no, I got a lot of weird stuff, Fox. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> all right. Like not weird, weird, but just sort of like, oh, okay, this is a lot of random things. And so it wasn't just some guy walking up to his local local news agent and just showing him his underwear? Absolutely. Listen, the dad, Dermot Race, is wandering the streets of Mega City One, showing off his fancy pants to anyone he meets until Dread spots him. And yes, that is pants in the British sense, which means underwear, Fox, oh. just so you know. Dermot explains he was just showing off his genius kid's invention and people back him up. His kid's pretty smart. And if you look, you can see him in the start and this kid looks like Mario or something. He's just like a little kid with like coveralls and a hat basically. Yeah. Very good genius tinker kid. Oh, it's like Wario because he's in yellow with the blue overalls, you know? Excellent work Wario by Chris Weston for this, yeah, for this crazy kid here. Maybe Waluigi? He's in yellow, right? Nice. He's uh, He's purple and blue. I don't play Nintendo, but I, I, I'm not down with, with these Nintendo, like like actual Nintendo games, Fox. Yeah, I'll do some Animal Crossing, but that's about it. Actually, Listen, a lot of all Animal you Crossing. need to do is Animal Crossing. I mean, let's be Absolutely. frank. Absolutely. Listen, hit, hit me up. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Dread lets him off with a warning. Keep your trousers up. I mean, I feel Dred- like that's not too hard of a request. Seriously, but as Dredd leaves, the controls on Dermot's undies go haywire. He's burning up. He drops Trout and removes the briefs, tossing him off the side of the bedway as Dredd shoots a fire extinguisher at his junk. My favorite thing is that he tosses the on-fire fucking U-fronts over. They're on fire, and a guy on a motorcycle... A horse but, motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. But it's shaped entirely looking like a horse. And he's in full cowboy attire. Gets that those meundies straight to his face. Oh, you no. undies. This feels like, yeah, listen, this is uh, what you call it. Um, attack ads by um, one of those other podcast underwear companies against oh my the God. meundies. Fruit, Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> Just speaking oh, out against them. They're striking back. Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, these these underwear this, this underwear goes flying. It lands right on the face of a uh, cowboy biker Oof. and causes a massive pile up and explosions. Nineteen people die. A minor tragedy. This thing is called Mega City One. Listen, all I'm saying is like you know the smell of taint and burning underwear is never a good thing to have in your face. Hard to keep control of the bike, Fox. The judges plan to check out the kid just to make sure that he's not actually an evil genius who planned this all along. (laughs) I mean, you can't be... Look, he knows it's possible now. They just arrested PJ Maybe, buddy. You gotta do these follow-ups. Yep. (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, th- if it was this, this would be like the fourth like child ge- evil child genius in the course of Judge Dredd. You know, you got to cross these T's. Um, but anyway, for now, Dermot just gets 90 days in the cube, in the queues for indecent exposure. Oh. And, a su- and oh, sorry, indecent exposure and littering and a suggestion to stick to thermals, buddy. I, I like underwear. how they're like, listen, we can't stick the deaths to you. Those the, That underwear was on fire. No, but we're going to get you for the rest of it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Listen, you're doing some time. All right. Nobody gets off for free. No. So next up, Liam Sharp takes over on art. So let's get weird, buddy. This is really, this is the worst. (laughs) This is, I was, I felt so fucking dirty by the end of this. And it gets gets gratuitous at parts. Mm. You know what I mean? Listen, Liam Sharp will like draw some gratuitous ladies in the middle of his stories. He doesn't care. (laughs) With a child watching. Hmm. Yeah, no, listen, going to make you think about it, make, make, oh. it, make you feel weird. Um, yeah, so Uncle Fluffy Fox is a terrifying bunny clown who yep. hosts a children's show in Mega City One. I he's wonder. Got some, he's got some doors to open and decides to see what's behind the green door, presumably a reference to the 1972 upscale porno movie. Oh. And it's, Kuk- it's Cuckoo the Clown oh. making out with Fluffy's wife. Whoopie Lou, cucked by Cuckoo. I see what's going on I, here. This is really, it was so, it's just bad. <laughs> this mm. is so filth. It's filth. It's great. Sure. Make it out. Fluffy wasn't expecting this and is forced to play along as as a clown and wife prepare to make out again for edutainment purposes. All the worst purposes ever. <laughs> and I mean, and th- like, his, he's like pulled her dress like all the way up. They are like necking super hard. Yep. Listen. So, uh, um,. <laughs> As they do, Fluffy decides to get out of this action and gives Cuckoo a, a, a kiss of his own, a Glasgow kiss, a.k.a. a headbutt. Uh, he's like, oh, I missed your lips. That's too bad. Let's try this again. A fight is breaking out and Dread is on the way. The trio brawl around. Like you said, Liam Sharp takes a special moment to give us some pretty good creep shots of Whoopi Lou before really Cuckoo bad. kicks Fluffy right in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! I I, I the, love like the the whole action shots where they're like fighting. It goes super cartoony and then immediately gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Listen, you're gonna have a complicated boner by the end of this story, Fox. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Things are getting rough as Dread arrives, beats up the fellas, and arrests everybody involved. He's got a message for the kids: Say goodbye to your TV friends. They're going to the cubes for a long time. Uh, just like leaving this child screaming and crying. <laughs> Certainly not the first or last time Dread has caused all of Mega City One's children in unison to cry. Fox, uh, <laughs> if that doesn't cause a psychic outbreak, I don't know what is. <laughs> got a plan, you know. So, Nef, finally, Cam Kennedy takes over on art, kind of like Carlos and Scare last episode. It's been a while since he was on Dread. His last full entry was that genie story back in Prague 514. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe he's been in America drawing Star Wars comics. Anyway. This one is fucked. Yep. In the shadow of the Edmund Ross block, who I believe was the sender that refused to convince to convict President Andrew Johnson of high crimes and misdemeanors, keeping him from being impeached. But I could be wrong about that. Um, a cardboard city has sprung up, an encampment of people experiencing homelessness, as we call it today. 
They're down and out and huddled in boxes beneath one of the richest blocks in Mega City One because the wealthy throw away the best boxes. I, I mean, it it tracks. I guess. Uh, through this dark <laughs> night, Judge Dredd rides on his lawmaster, shining his torch through the dark alley, illuminating people who stare mm. back with harsh with harsh glares. Oh, I mean, the whole... I, I love the horizontal cuts. The colors especially. It's great. Definitely. Eventually, though, Fox, he finds his target. Goddamn Maria. Oh, and she is not looking great. His housekeeper from the early days, the Prague, it seems she's on the street drinking cheap liquor and cursing Judge Dredd's name. At the same time, a limo of rich guys in ski masks roll up to, to the cardboard city. They grab some capsules and go into the night. So I gotta, I just, I, I know that you're on a thing. Let me tell yeah, you, no. I have a real fucking problem. I, and I, you know, you know what? I'm gonna push the boat out on this one. I'm gonna go, I, you know, I feel like this will probably be very, very controversial. I really, uh, I'm a little bit turned off with people who uh, who abuse the homeless. I don't find it very funny. I mean, I agree. Like, listen, it is it is fucking despicable. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 100 behind you. I it's mean, you a know, people... thing that happens now though, and you record it, and the and like this, like when I was reading it, I was just like, God, I remember like all this shit when I was growing up and people passing around those videos. And now with like YouTube and shit, like bum fights are like a thing. Like, ah, yeah, God. I mean, this one seems ripped from the headlines of just like, I don't know. I don't know if this actually happened, but sort of reports of like rich people, like setting homeless people on fire and stuff like that. Very, very American psycho kind of stuff yeah. going on here. But yeah, generally, I mean, listen, like, just because you're experiencing homelessness doesn't make you not a person, buddy. Yeah. And in fact, that humans, that makes you humans, more of a person. And I, yeah, and just humans, you know, sort of should like, like, should get a certain measure of like respect and humanity by default, you know. A and strong agree. They're people, alive. Yeah, listen, listen, we're 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 both on the same on the same side of the scale just, in this one. I got friend, I got when so. I was reading this, I was getting so angry because I'm like. Just setting these guys on fire with <clears throat> phosphorus. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, listen, if there's one thing I know about Judge Dredd is that these guys will get their comeuppance. But um, I mean, obviously. Know, but I also don't really like um, Maria just being made fun of here as well. Yeah. Because, you know, like just because <sighs> like, I don't know, like in in many years, we'll sort of learn some more kind of things that make this even sadder, Fox. But mm. like it is just kind of generally – like just a bummer that we're bringing Maria back just to kind of laugh at a crazy old homeless lady, essentially. Yeah. You know, no, I'm there with you. Um, but so yeah, uh, Maria yells at Dread as the masked men trigger their capsule, which seems to be a grenade, I guess, and drop it on a sleeping person. Dread tries to convince Maria to get off the sauce as the sleeping guy wakes up on fire. He explodes in screaming flame, and Dread and his law Dread gets on his lawmaster to investigate. Hooray, of phosphorus. Yeah, Jesus. Dredd finds the Burning Man, tries to put him out that handheld extinguisher we saw in the first story. <laughs> hey, man. It doesn't work. <laughs> now that we know it exists, we got to make sure we use it. I guess so. Dredd calls it in, says this guy was hit by a phosphorus bomb. Phosphor bomb. The fire crew comes and, it comes and confirms it, but no one's telling Dredd anything. No witnesses. It's Back the code in the limo. Of the street. Yeah, just people don't want to get involved, you know. Back in the limo, the rich guys are trying to avoid the judges, but want to firebomb at least one more person tonight. Meanwhile, in the confusion, of course, Maria's got away. 
He questions a bunch of folks about her, and while he does get some info, he also gets laughed at and told that uh, and told of Maria's insults um, towards him outside a uh, liquor store. Maria aggressively panhandles, "Give me, um, give me some on the right in mean, your she, face." She grabs a dude's fucking like whole body. Seriously, and those rich guys see her as they roll around. The richers justify their actions to themselves as Dread keeps looking for Maria even taking 10 minutes of personal time to do so, neglecting other crime. At the heart of the cardboard city, the rich guys drop a bunch of firebombs among the folks living there as one of them starts making some seriously megalomaniacal statements. Oh, yeah. Dread sees the blast. We have a major conflagration. Next time, burning solution. (sighs) They really, they just can't help themselves, can they? No, listen, like, Dredd Shred runs on puns, friend. That's how it goes. Uh, man, Judge uh, Dredd this month is good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's a lot, like, d- definitely a lot of, vari- like, definitely a lot of variety in the art, for sure, between oh, yeah. Weston, Sharp, and Kennedy. Like, these are, like, very different flavors of Judge Dredd, for sure. Uh, I just, like... It was such a roller coaster ride from like, hey, yeah. this is funny about underwear to oh my god, sexualized to like, oh now I just feel horrid. Like, it's yeah, no, you're getting you're getting the ugh. whole range of human experience in the course of uh, of a uh, Judge Dredd this month. You got family togetherness, uh, yeah. betrayal, tragedy, like whatever you want. You know, <laughs> it's another another couple days in the Meg, huh? It's bad times always. And speaking of bad times, Fox. Oh, no. <laughs> Non-thrills, covers, and nerve setters. Prog 641, hot pants. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a weird one, you know. Yeah. Chris Weston draws dread investigating some blunderware. Mm, oh, and, <laughs> see what they did there. Mm. As you, as we'll recall, Tharg is currently on vacation, so Bert is hosting the Nerve Center this prog. Um, that we do get a, a postcard from the Mighty One saying all is well. There's pictures of Pong Alpha, the 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 strontium skunk. Okay, because Pongy means smelly in British slang, I guess. Okay, and the weird Slough Meg, a Thatcher that ruled for a ten thousand years. Uh... Let us ask for another big dread epic, and buddy, we're laying the seeds. It'll be here in about thirty progs. All right. Dread is reported for several crimes, and there's questions about the pinup of Durham Red in the sci-fi special. Basically, there's some letters on it that's revealed that they were tie letters. Oh. Uh, the prog ends with a star scan by Bellardinelli of the spirit ship from the Moonrunners. It's fine, but it feels like it needs some action or something extra to it. <sighs> I mean, it's like, definitely just sitting there kind of cruising, you know? Yeah, like... This one w- would be way better if, like, someone's head was superimposed on the upper left or something <laughs> like that. Like, like looking out on the spaceship or whatever. Uh, yes. I'm a person from the crew. Yeah, exactly. Proc 642, Kev Hopgood asks us to play dirty with Dread as the no. lawman shoots from a sweet cycle jump. Well, because you can't just have a fucking gratuitous or near gratuitous nudity, nudity on a on a front page. At this no, point, you got to bring in Hopgood to handle this one because Sharp's getting weird um, in in the prog in the nerve center. Tharg is back from vacation and about to put out the annuals for for the year, and we'll be covering them next week. There's pictures of a moshing sprog and nah. a judge slash from Guns and Roses. Yeah, boy. 
Letters include the frequency of 2000 AD, like how many hertz it's got. A writer has some technical difficulties with jet, with dead Jews' curbs. Another has no complaints about 2000 AD. And Good. a final writer is a barmaid from Kent who says the letters page is worthless. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Hot takes. The prog ends with a star scan of Shauna and Butch from Zippy Couriers sure. flying around on her sweet space car. And Shauna's courier uh, and Shauna's uniform has some cool buttons on it and stuff. I think I recognize the the uh, the, the comic character Death's Head, but 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 it, it might be a coincidence. To be clear, as somebody with a podcast, gotta love Butch. Love Butch. Do love Definitely. Butch. Definitely. Yeah, delivery cat. Six forty three skullduggery. Oh man, it's Mick- such a beautiful cover. Like what yeah. the fuck? Definitely, yeah. Mick Austin draws a very creepy Judge Anderson in front of a giant spooky skull. And yeah, I, I like this cover a lot too. It's funny because Mick Austin did one of my least favorite covers as well. So it's sort of real uh, feaster famine with this guy. Wow. In the nerve center, Thark's happy with the progs made in his absence. There's a picture of a shot Judge Pilsner, which is a reference to til- to Tenet's Pilsner ads around this time. Okay. Thanks to Martin Fleming for this info. But basically, it was like a uh, – like there was an ad uh, – a bunch of these like claymation type ads – where Whoa. this like detective would get would have adventures where he in the process he he'd get a uh, a tenant's pilsner but then leave it behind because like something bad was about to happen and it's like oh yes like the the beer's good but not good enough to risk getting blown up you know <laughs> so stuff like that <laughs> wow and so judge, judge pilsner is killed because he was good but not that good to avoid getting shot um there's also a Texas City judge, the firefighting judge Red Adair, a uh, actual firefighting like like a oil oil derrick firefighter immortalized in the John Wayne movie Hell Fighters. Okay, there's did not yeah, know that. A, you know, I didn't either. It's just sort of stuff I've, I've picked up trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this comic, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Zenith themed poem called Eternity. Mm. There's a warning from the Dwarf Protection Society and a question about Mac 2 being related to someone from the comic Warrior. Nah. At Mm-mm. the end of the prog, we have John Brosnan's Flicks column <laughs> where he basically compares the final Timothy Dalton James Bond movie License to Kill with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <sighs> I mean, he it's his last pop shot at the Last Crusade, right? <laughs> Well, he says he likes Indiana Jones more, but also has a lot of complaints about it. I mean, yeah. While he also says that License to Kill was technically perfect, 100% perfect, Uh, but lacked heart or something. I mean, it's – okay. Well, that's fine. He can have his opinions and I'll have mine. Yeah, exactly. This is the Bond movie that made them not make a Bond for seven years and then come back with Pierce Brosnan. It just goes to show, man. And I will say, yeah, like we talked about last time, Indiana, like the, the the Last Crusade's a key movie in my own childhood, so I can't really speak objectively about it. You know, like I mean, it's is, it's good. It's a good movie. This is a period where I asked my dad to 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 have one of his fedoras because he has many hats. Oh, um, that's great. And, he gave me his cheapest one, saying basically, if you could hold on to this one for a month, then we'll talk. I was unsuccessful in that quest, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you lost it just in time for everyone to say that um, apparently it's a horrible thing to have. So 
I remember being. I, I remember what? in in like third or fourth grade, Fox. I did a book report on the novelization of Indiana oh, Jones. Young in the, Indiana in the Jones. Last Crusade. No, no, no. Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, like the the, the book based on the oh, movie. No shit. <laughs> that's how much I was into it. Fox. I mean, that's so awesome. into it. Um. So let's go move on here. Oh, sorry. Uh, the the back. Pa- oh, um. Sorry. Sorry. Also, he discusses stuff about uh, the abyss and Which the return of the awesome. swamp thing. The abyss is awesome. The return of swamp thing is pretty good. I would had, call it. Had a uh, he- Heather Locklear in there. Good times. I mean, um, and, oh, God, it's just. Uh, so he says this thing of like, like fans of the strip will not like this. Um, specifically, he calls out Alan Moore is not liking it, and I'm like, well. I like I just have a hard time as saying that like as wrote a movie or a comic or a book or a, a fucking whatever um can ever be true to any sort of source material you got to find your own legging you know Mm-hmm. And look, they aren't going to do the craziest Alan Moore shit, buddy. No, like, they aren't going to. They aren't going to have her eat a fucking sweet potato that she pulls out of the swamp thing, and then yeah. they have like crazy uh, LSD sex. Man, that's just <sighs> not going to how it works. You can't have a big thing about the green, man. It's too hard for people to figure out. I just, you know, Swamp Thing was fine. The Return of Swamp Thing was also fine. I, no. I admit, I've only seen parts of the first Swamp Thing movie. If you take my meaning. Uh. <laughs> oh, that Connor has a real creep, buddy. No, anyway, man, that's called being a human. The back page has Henry Moon both as Panther and a ghostly human form standing over the angry body of Marcellus Vaughn by Ron Smith. Prug 644, Judge Dredd's got a, got a lot of throttle in this bike revving Colin McNeil cover. A lot Fuck, of dread covers, yeah. actually. There's one Anderson cover and then three dreads. Oh, before I fucking forget, did you yeah. see the Swamp Thing trailer? Mm-mm. There is, uh, it came out uh, last that, year. For that canceled, sh- yeah, oh yeah, well, I, I remember the controversy about that show where they were only making it because they were getting there like a controversy? tax credit. Yeah, we, well, because it was basically, they were making it because they got a huge tax credit from this from the uh, from the state they filmed it in. Okay. And then the the state said, oh, no, sorry, we aren't giving that tax credit anymore. They're like, all right, well, season two canceled. That's it. We're out of here. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I didn't even see season one. I just remember seeing the thing, and then I just didn't hear anything about it. And I was like, well, uh, maybe it's not out yet. And no, no you're I, right. I believe it was on uh, on uh, DC Unlimited, which is where, like, that Doom Patrol yeah. is, show is as well. Like, they, they, they made a couple original shows that I believe, at least partially, were propped up by generous... Uh, incentives by states to um like sort of like like a, a, a especially uh southern states here in the u.s to get people to film yeah, shows like georgia and, and movies in there yeah Good, great so job warner brothers god damn it listen bring you know making jobs buddy that's true yeah so uh in the nervous center for 644 tharg says there's a questionnaire he'd like answered and you can win a free 2080 t-shirt as a reward but i don't it, it, it's not in the scanned versions that we're looking at which i'm really bummed about like honestly there's been a lot of these ones just taking out the ads and stuff like that i feel like we're missing something in these comics yeah. but then, i think they'll be back eventually it sort of depends on on sort of you know which uh, dark web criminal is scanning the progs and sending them and putting them <laughs> in these Just archives that I have? A little peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know, put them online with the original ads, Rebellion. I'd buy them. I'm yeah. gonna, like, I'm counting, like, I'm counting down to 
2004 when I can start when I, when I buy them from the rep, from the web shop. They've actually been period like since the new year started. Actually, they've been basically every like every uh, week they've been having like a year of, of a 2000 AD at half price, and I bought a couple of those I, years actually. I'm just, I'm when, just when saying I've had spare as, cash. as soon as I can start buying these fucking things, yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah. buy them. Yeah, put them out, you cowards. Um, <laughs> Clear cowards. Anyway, put them out with the original ads. I want it to be like when I watch um, old old wrestling shows oh. on uh, the WWE Network, where they don't have the actual they don't have the actual commercial, but they do have have live ad reads. So you get a lot of like, ah, uh, oh, yes, the uh, Uggs boot of the week. <laughs> Things I want it lugs, to be boot, like my VHS copies when I when I recorded. Po- uh, sorry, when I recorded Wings. I want to see oh, all of those. I want to see yeah, all those I, all those old Charmin commercials. I want to see my old Pillsbury commercials. Charmin commercials. They're they're just taunting us with this underwear now with this uh, with this toilet paper now. Fox. That's what I'm it's talking. Weird. It's horrible. So, anyway, <laughs> four pie or fucking get out of here. Whoa, that's so many pie. Oh, that's man. like a paper I'm, towel, buddy. Listen, buddy, I I I need cushion for my tushin, you know what I mean? I don't think you can even have those in that's America. Not, we it, don't no, have true. No, no. We it's, don't it's, have your your high-tech German pipes that can handle I, that kind of shit. I literally do not think it exists. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I sorry, I, I had a tangent, but I'm not going to do it. There's oh, pictures of vi- <laughs> I missed out. All right, go on. Oh, sorry. Uh, just so like when all this toilet paper uh, hoarding started, like my landlord paste put a note on everyone's doors begging us to not use other paper products <laughs> for well, butt wiping. Sh- no, because straight up you should not. No, it'll the, ruin your pipes. Whole... Oh, God. Like, don't use paper. Like, Jesus Christ, don't use paper towels. Please do don't not use... use napkins from from a restaurant. You know? Like, we these like we haven't changed. These these are like original 1940s pipes in this Oh, God. Our, You're talking to a man living in Berlin. There are no way. There is no way they've replaced the pipes in my apartment. The, I still, just to get, and this is also my own tangent, just to get cable internet here. Which is cable. Mm. I have to use an aerial outlet. <laughs> like, and it doesn't go to an aerial. Like, it is hooked up at some point. I'm sure I lose some amount of whatever. I Try finding uh, a coax to fucking aerial plug. I don't even know what an aerial plug looks like. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll send you one after this. It is like nothing you have ever seen before. You've never seen it before. I certainly, the only reason I know about it is because uh, uh, when my grandmother first took me here and we were staying at uh, a person's house in the UK, I saw an aerial plug there, which is slightly different, I think, from like the of course. the German one. But like when I saw yeah, it here, pre, I was like, oh. Pre-EU, you don't have standardized plugs, you know. <laughs> I, well, I was like, oh, this is an aerial plug. Uh, so where do I get the internet from? And the guy who was installing it after some translation from... My wife was like, "Oh, it's it, you gotta you gotta fucking get it from this wall outlet." And I'm like, "But what do you mean? How can I get it from an area?" I aerial? feel like you need like that'd be one of those things where you have to like chain adapters together, sort of I, going through like uh, like like a uh, oh, wire history. It like, it gotta, was like... it was the first option. I will try to take pictures of this uh, at some point for you, Conrad, so you can post it elsewhere okay. for me. But yeah. like. The, the chain of command in order to make this thing fucking work with my modem. Um, I love I, I thought, so originally I had two. Now I just have one, thankfully, because the, the tech place near me prior to all of this 
had them. But again, trying to find them and or ask somebody here, hey, how do I find an aerial to like coax? They're like, I, mm-hmm. that that doesn't exist. How could it possibly exist? No, you got to like convert it to like, you know, five and a half inch cable or something like you got to like do weird stuff. Anyway, I might What's cut this thing? part out of the episode. I am so sorry. No, 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 no. I, it, it's interesting. But, you know, I don't know. We got to keep mission focused or something. Yep, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So back to it. There's pictures of a very large headed Uko the Dwarf and a very Ugh. skinless Judge Weird Slaufek. Yeah, that's uh, it's got a lot of a lot of like teeth and very minimal gums. A lot of teeth, a lot of musculature, like not uh, bad times. Yeah, the neck muscles are really what throws me off there. Ugh. Definitely. Letters include a reminder that 2008 is printed on recycled paper. There's questions about Dar's haircut. <laughs> Great for wiping and your butt. a lady whose husband refuses to read 2008. I mean, fine. Does he read any comic books? Hey, listen, that guy might have might, might have to be tested for Corona because he's got no taste. Oh, <laughs> topical. <laughs> That's uh, oh boy, we did Hopefully, it. Hopefully. Uh, again, hopefully these jokes are a distant memory when this episode comes out in goddamn June, oh, God. Fox. <laughs> I mean, one would hope. Seriously. So, hey, speaking of um, surviving these problems, Fox, let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> really? Thrill 5, Survivor. I'm a survivor, something and something. I am a panther slasher to this guy. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> That's the song parody I've been trying to make, Fox. I really appreciate it, actually. <laughs> I I uh, glad I could uh, mission accomplish this. Oh, yes. Script about Hillary Robinson, art about Ron Smith, letter about Tom Frame. Between this and Zippy Couriers, it's a big Robinson month again. Oh, rich guy, Marcellus Vaughn. <laughs> what does Marcellus Vaughn look like? I guess he's kind of like a weird dude in a cape. He's got, got kind of a questionable goatee. But does he look like a bitch? Kinda. Does um, he, he look? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not gonna finish this. Please continue. What? Like what pulp fiction? <laughs> no, I was doing it too. Oh that's when he says same oh, one again. Yeah, no, oh sorry, I I okay. You can see that I'm totally <laughs> Conrad not getting a pulp fiction reference for shame, fuck. Oh um, but he's talking to human brain in a panther body uh Henry Moon. <laughs> Marcellus has inherited his father's riches, including Mean Team, and he's basically got an offer for Henry. Be my pet panther, bro. I mean, it, <laughs> it seems like a sweet enough deal. You're a psychic pantherman. Yeah, you get plenty of food, presumably panther ladies or something, but Henry <sighs> is not into it. He nah. slashes Vaughn's doublet, demands his voice synthesizer be reattached. Vaughn I mean, complies. that feels like a – why did they even take it off of him? Because they don't want – so, you know, it's creepy Mouthing when someone's off. talking inside the uh, inside the zoo, you know? <laughs> we don't want to just hear random people voices in there. Yeah, listen, if, you know, ask Carol fucking Baskins. It's a weird time to hear people what? voices in the panther cages, buddy. What the fuck? <laughs> that's, Look these Tiger King references that's, that's also gonna, in June. No one's going to get it anymore. That's going to be a thing. I have not watched it. I've watched five minutes of the first episode, but my wife started crying, so I have to watch it alone. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, you got to find some spare time. That's not – might not be a good wife movie. <laughs> got some cru- animal cruelty for sure. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, anyway – um, once the voice synthesizer gets on, um, 
Moon explains that he wasn't a slave before, but a volunteer that signed up for Death Bowl because of his side talent for locating people. Marcellus says that he owns Henry's body now, buddy, but that's not enough as the mm. panther attacks the rich man once more. Uh, Henry, oh my God. No, wait, no. Oh, I'm all over the place, buddy. I'm I gotta like, go back. Yeah, yeah so c- cutting back, yeah. He gets the voice synthesizer reattached. Vaughn complies and Moon wants a new body, a human body, and Vaughn says, no way. Either agree to be my panther or I'll have you lobotomized to think you're a panther anyway. I mean, I feel like you could have saw that one coming. Do you really think Seriously. he's going to give you the human body? Maybe like 10 years with good uh, good behavior. Yeah, you got to earn that body. Otherwise, he's just uh, going to freaking sucker punch you. Yeah, exactly. Your brain Especially out. right now. One flew over the, the panther's nest. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Henry freaks out in his cage, throwing himself against the bars, clawing and biting them. And he realizes he's acting like a frightened animal. He is a frightened animal. Despite all my rage, I'm still a panther inside this cage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. This is the musical episode right here. So Marcellus comes back and again gives the choice between cooperation and lobotomy. Henry takes the non-brain surgery option. <laughs> I mean, would you not? I feel yeah. like, nah, just lobotomize me. Fuck all this. Like, you know, I don't know. I've I've had some down days, but um. <laughs> As Marcellus lets Henry out of the cage, he, Moon explains he wasn't a slave before, but a volunteer that signed up for Death Bowl because of his side talent for locating people. Marcellus is like, yeah, well, listen, I own your body now, buddy. You've got a free brain inside that ass that I possess. But that's not enough. <laughs> As the panther attacks the rich man. Henry runs to the medical facility, desperate for a way out. He finds a window and leaps through. He's out. But where does he go? He ponders this as Marcellus puts out a 5,000 credit bounty for Henry. He uh, wants him alive. I mean, I guess that's just uh, that's a lot of money, I guess. It doesn't sound like a lot of money, but we don't know the exchange rate here. Like, maybe it goes that's down very... to a whole lot of decimal places or well, something you know, like it, that. Yeah, it could just be bitcoins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Give me, give me a uh, three thousandth of a credit or your, whatever. People are going to learn your browser history, buddy. I think you know what, what's going on. Um, in the winding highways of Artificon uh, Major, Henry Moon feels pretty out of place. He's a, a tiger in a stainless steel rat world, buddy. Um, police tanks are rolling on the streets, announcing the bounty. Henry's got to think fast and suddenly sees Dave Bronski, a mean team reservist, and the one that Bad Jack initially wanted to put Henry Moon's brain into. <laughs> this seems like a good person to make friends with, right? I wish they talked up a little more that Henry Moon had used his psychic powers to find this guy, just because sure. it seems like they had a sort of a throw-off line, but otherwise they've forgotten that he's actually a psychic panther, which may, you know adds a layer to his abilities. Um, Henry gets Dave's attention and explains the situation. Dave seems to agree to help Henry escape the planetoid, but later we see Dave and his buddy, his buddy with that eye scar I was talking about earlier, Fox. They're having tea, and Dave seems <laughs> very conflicted about what he's done to Henry, and soon we see scott cops swarming they found him it's them cat caps that's right worst kind but as the cops prepare to pen uh or prepare to open fire dave leaps on them knocking them out which (laughs) is you know i'm i'm happy about all that and he does in this kind of like superman t-pose definitely yeah he says there's a shuttle leaving in 20 minutes run henry we got you 
Yeah. It seems Dave turned Henry in, but then now it's changed his mind, so he's not going to get the bounty. Pretty good action here as Henry Moon runs through a futuristic city, causing hover car accidents and things like that. He runs to the shuttle port, jumps aboard the ship just as it takes off. The flight attendant asks for a boarding pass, and he's off! Hooray! And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not the panther they I'm think I am. I'm a panther man. man. <laughs> I'm a panther man. Yeah, exactly. Panther Go. man! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, Fox. I'm just a lot saying. of singing. I'm just saying, so, and they, why is there not a Henry Moon, the comic book? Uh, I loved all of this. I love Henry Moon. I love Henry Moon, the Pantherman. Um, Henry Moon, Pantherman in law. Oh, my God. He just, like, studies to be an attorney on a different planet. He's like a, a panther that will also just, like, uh, uh, defend you in a court of law. And he always takes on... Like when it's a case for like a guy who's in like a death sport and trying to get out of it, he's doing it pro right. bono, pro, pro meowno. Arranges yeah. papers because he's got no thumbs. <laughs> it's good times. But he's really good at like hole punching, you know? Yeah, and he's got a real intimidating uh, questioning style when oh, folks I, are on the stand. You know? He's just, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm good. just. I'm just saying, man. I I love I love Survivor, and I'm guessing it's never coming back. Oh no, yeah, that's it for Henry Moon and Mean Team. Oh, God, this was such a better. This was such. I, I don't want to say it was the better Mean Team because I kind of really loved Mean Team before it went all Mean Team on us. Mm-hmm. Um, but Henry Moon, the Catman. Uh, oof. Well. Well, this feels like a return to some, it's like a, a little bit of the original Mean Team. Yeah. Where it's about, where it is about Henry's identity issues of be having, be, being a brain in a, in a panther and about sort of rich guy, futuristic things and stuff like that. Like those were a lot of the themes of that first Mean Team we liked. Right. That sort of got kicked out for the epic quest part stuff in a Mean Team 2. How is this a not a good comic? Why has no one did a psychic man's brain in a panther's body since this point? I mean, I guess I can't prove that. That maybe it's happened. Like, comment, subscribe if it's happened since. I feel like there's got to be some. There's got to be a couple '80s movies that are about a someone getting their brain. Yeah, just getting their brain put into something else, and then having to deal with the problems that that causes. You know? Yeah, I there guess must it's possible. Be, right? I mean, I. If there's not, there's a huge gap in the market, you know? Yeah, we got to, listen, we, we got to make these movies, buddy. Um, but yeah, um, Hillary Robinson and Ron Smith as a creative team will be back in April for Chaos Carnival. And I know just saying those words has caused quite a few prog heads out there to have a shiver down their spine. So get hype. So it's like really exciting and it's going to be great and I'm going to really enjoy it believe one of these ones that's sort of a famous low point of 2018 oh, God. oh that's really <laughs> famously too bad. maligned although I'm, I'm interested to see what 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 how we find it you know we often yeah, have of course different Weird. you know we're often often able to sift some diamonds out of rough that most people think is very rough i mean of us. Henry, henry moon is the only diamond that i that is mean team at this point so yeah shine bright like a diamond fox more songs um oh, beautiful and speaking of uh, crazy magic, Fox. Yeah, hey, why not? 
be it the crazy magic of a of a brain of a man brained panther or the crazy magic just tossing dudes into alternate realities. It's Thrill Six Strontium Dog. Man, I feel like this whole thing is going to backfire on them when the planet is suddenly a mutant super place. Eh, don't be so sure. Uh, so oh, about Alan Grant, art about Simon Harris, and letting about Gordon Robson as kid. The portal in Stonehenge is closing, but there's still plenty time for new church leader brother Sagan to get some final words and face punches to his half-brother mutant bounty hunter Johnny Alpha. Hey, As- fuck you. You're my older brother, but I don't even give a hoot. Go through this portal. Hey, I don't care. Oh, man. From the Brooklyn part of England, I guess. <laughs> um, it's uh, old Brooklyn. Thank you. Whoa. But yeah, um, he off. Yeah, so he has both Johnny and and mutant fer, mutant teen feral tossed through this gate. Oof. Sagan orders Johnny's ally Middenface McNulty also killed, but the Scott the Scottish Strant manages to get the drop on one of the new church guards and then uses his body to fake his own death with some excellent <laughs> fake Britishing as he goes. I, Stop you bounder you! It's the Scottish Chappy lads! Oh, it's so good. And he just starts shooting at the car and then they all just blow it up. It's real good. Real yeah. good. Middenface escapes into the night as Sagan goes to celebrate with his mother. Oh. Uh, McNulty's on the run, wondering what he can do to help Johnny and Alpha, or Johnny and Farrell, I should say, as the two wake up on an alien landscape. Next time, dogs in limbo. I'm sure everything will be fine. Uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, Strong Team Dog will return next episode, Fox, and that's where we'll finish off part one of The Final Solution. That's good. Is the second part called The Second Solution? The Final Solution, part two. Oh, okay. They're really... I think it's that that this section becomes the penultimate solution. You know, one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I mean, it was only one this time. I'm I'm still excited for what's going on. Yeah, we're just finishing up from last month. Next time, I I, I believe we'll have three or four... um, issues just to kind of get things real just to get to a real good cliffhanger for the end of a final solution one Mm. very excited very scared it's gonna be a good time really used to harrison's kind of style at this point you know it's not as though i don't it's not as though i don't uh miss ascara's kind of take but no certainly it's i mean this has its own feel yeah and i think he's definitely sort of tightened things up and kind of gotten a sense of how to do these characters and stuff well Um, you definitely know more of what the fuck is going on yeah, in a Facebook group I'm in, someone posted that first preview image uh, that that a Harrison did of a uh, Johnny Alpha and uh, Durham Red, and mm-hmm. that's still deeply disturbing. I feel like he's sort of <laughs> refined things a bit. I I do not want to see that for future mm-hmm. reference. Definitely. And speaking of things that are weird and disturbing, Fox. Uh yeah, it's real good. <laughs> I loved every moment of this. Thrill Seven, fervent and lobe. Yeah, okay. Script robot John Smith as the Grimm Brothers. Art robot Mike Hadley, letting robot Gordon Robson as kid. First time in the prog for Mike Hadley is going to do a lot of stuff, including stuff for uh, 2080 spinoff Toxic. Yeah, the art's neat. Kind of that like big head, super like um, expressive everything. Mm-hmm. So it's neat. Yeah, definitely. It's got, it, it, yeah, no, the art's good for sure. Um, we open on a theater review for the Isigri Variations, which is the uh, 
the name of this story. It both it both insults this comic opera and shades Fervent and Loaf's previous appearance in the Prague Soft Bodies. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'll note that the opera is in eight parts, and this story spreads over eight progs. Um, uh, that seems to make sense. Yeah, at the premiere, Dwayne and Lionel, aka Fervent and Loaf, are looking through the curtains as some sci-fi assassins get them in their sight. Sites, but uh, decides to watch the opera instead. This in turn takes us to a throne room of transgalactic tyrant Isagiri uh, Leibach, a name we only learn through the theater review in Tiny Print. So it's very easy to not yeah. know who they're talking about later when they sort of I mean, talk about who this guy is and stuff. The review specifically said, Verdict, stay at home and watch the reruns of I Love Lucy. Definitely. So- but this guy... It- Iskiri, he's Warhammer 40k in it, confined to a life support throne due to psi attacks that have paralyzed him from the brain down. They're (laughs) building a new new immune system and all that stuff. And that'll take three to four weeks. So Fervent and Loeb have to psychically protect him till then. Uh, Keep him safe or die, losers. Sure. Um, oh, I, I should say, sorry, my implication with the fact that like there's eight parts and it's an eight part, eight parts of the story, eight part opera is that like what we're seeing in this flashback may very well also be represented on the stage, Fox, you yeah. know, as the actual play. So just FYI, I guess, or sort of yeah, sure. hinting of a story within a story here or unreliable narration or whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so keep them safer, dies, losers, and as losers, they thus immediately start goofing off. They use their powers to bring in a fridge and a bunch of other, like, snacks and goof-off materials, including Dwayne's record collection. But suddenly, a weird, toothy flower dog runs through the gateway. The two silencers stare the beast down, and it attacks Dwayne, destroying his records. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, I, guess I guess that's a thing. Sure. They take it back and they take it out and go back to goofing around. And goof they do, even taking hits from the Immortan Joe face mask the tyrant wears. Oh, yeah, that's right. They just like suck on his gas for reasons. I guess it's and just as, getting them high. And then jam some pizza into his face, cause him to have a seizure and fall from his throne, which sets off an alarm. Ugh. The troops and some sort of major domo guy arrive to get Isagiri back in position he's fine and the boys are warned to stop messing around all the time yeah stop sucking on his gas mask i guess yeah but it seems like he's not fine in a way that's not very well explained instead they've made a ecto copy that looks fine but that's only gonna last a couple days but it seems that his soul is missing i guess Uh, i don't know and and like his body comes out of the fridge but it's the dead body yeah they've got like they've made a fake and the real one has some serious problem with it, but isn't suspended animation apparently. Sure. So they stash the body in like the dump and <sighs> go find a specialist to get the soul uh, to get that soul back, namely Dwayne's old girlfriend Al Mirandra. She's, she's a large lady, and she's. I mean, by the end of this, the only character that I think is possibly rad. It could be. So. Fervent Loeb are at a circus of some kind looking for Al- Almandra or Almorandra, sorry, um, fending uh, off SMN, SNM dwarves and things yeah, like that. What the fuck? I, I mean, let's not dwell on that, but just like you and me both, man. What? Mm. Also, Almiranda is the egg lady psychic? I guess. Um, they find her working as a psychic to the stars. Clients include Bob Geldof. And it seems she still loves Dwayne, which is nice. Yeah, they sweet. Seem they to, seem to be getting yeah, along. 
They hit it off quickly as they explain their situation. They say that uh, soft bodies went over people's heads. And, buddy, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? really, you're, you, and you're not really solving this one. No, listen, this is this is bad writing, man. You, like, there's a difference between, like, Ugh. oh, I'm not holding the audience's hand and letting them figure things out. And just sort of being, like, all right, learn to swim, man. You're in the deep end. Uh, look, I, I've got a lot to say about this anyway, so I'm just going to cork it for now. Okay, we're almost done here. Um, in the end, Al, Al Mirandra realizes they want her for her psychic talents. She agrees to track Isagiri's spirit, and yep, it's 100% in hell, so I guess we're off. Next time, making the nature scene. Great image, though, with her in oh, the yeah. hell imagery. That was, that was pretty good. The hell's real good, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, all, that's the nice thing I have to say. Fervent and lobe. Oh, it happened, and uh, it's bad. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean I, I'll get I guess okay. So look, I I like weird shit. I I like mm. I I you know like um what is it now and later? No, that's the candy. Sooner, sooner, or, yes. sooner or later. S- sooner or later, yeah. Yeah, like when that first started, or even when it was just like the back of the page comic. That shit was great. There was some guesswork that you you kind of had to do, but everything else was just kind of holding it together. Whereas this, it's just like. No context, uh, no point. Jumping between like e- like even a panel that's right above another one, you're like, okay, there is no context for what any of this means. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a great job. Like I kind of got th- what you had said completely by the time I was done with like one prog. And my problem here is that I th- I think you're right that there was some amount of like, no, we're trying to be like out there. You don't need to like say all these words, but they say a shitload of words. They still say they, a lot of words. They yeah. say a lot. <laughs> so instead of like giving any sort of context saying like, Oh, the art will handle it. It feels like the artists got as many notes as the readers. If that makes yeah. sense. Oh yeah. No, I mean like, uh, like I really want to like John Smith, man. He's a, he feels like a good author. Writer, when he does stuff, it often is really cool, but a lot of times there's just a lot of pieces missing from these stories that I feel like are load-bearing pieces. Yes. Like, honestly, I was real pissed when he said that soft bodies went over people's heads in this, Uh, just because... No, it didn't. He didn't do his work. Yeah, it just really feels like... He kind of gives you a connect the dots puzzle with like half the dots missing, and when you can't do... The connect the dots he's like well you're dumb it's like dude like you aren't giving me the pieces i need to succeed well and that's you like know? such a dick thing to say that it's the reader's fault like and that like gener- that, ugh, that's such the yeah. oh sorry i just i hate it when people are no, like no, no, well no. you just don't For get sure. the art you're like fuck you man like that's yeah, even and worse and just like you know i'm I, i'm fine with stuff that that reward a close reading you yeah know, there's extra pieces you pick because you're sort of you're looking at all the little things and picking that stuff up and things like excited. that but there's a difference between that and like requiring a close reading and or, then or even having just like close yeah. and then that reading not actually being rewarding like you, you <laughs> you've got to read real close just to kind of get what's kind of happening a semblance and then you've got to make story. a lot of it uh, a lot of it up on your own. Like, that's what I feel like with a lot of these. Well, and then like, it turns John out Smith to things. just be dumb. Like, right. it's just and, them and trying just to get the soul well. of a guy it, it, who we don't even know. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Who? Why are they doing any of this? 
And just like, I don't know, like, I wish I knew, like, you know, was his soul missing when they got there? Did that I, monster that attacked take the soul? Did they do something by accident? Like, like, is it their fault that his soul is missing and they can't tell anybody? Oh, does it even matter? But, like, that feels like different parts because we see yes. that the assassin at the start of the story has that major domo from the throne room mm-hmm. like you know he's the one who says let's watch the opera you know yeah so exactly presumably they've messed up at some point like you know presumably w- whatever they're doing ends in tears which leads to them doing a play version of it and like again i i feel like this is one of the ones where i might have read part of it because i wanted to you know i wanted to read this and, and then I it sorta, just was too much effort to do anything and it very much just sort of rolled off my brain like water on off a duck's back. So, you know, this will end yeah. next Prague, but I forget how it ends. But, but like, I'm going to – every fiber of my being tells me that the play is also some kind of trick to help them escape the assassins and stuff. Sure. But I'm not sure how it goes. And, and like – I don't know if I should The care. general backstory of Fervent and Loeb seems very mysterious to me in a way that like I need to – I just want to know what their abilities are. It seems like they have psychic powers – but I'm not sure what it is. They can kind of climb inside people or something. Like, I, I, no, I I'm just, there. I just don't like, think that it's at all going to be satisfying for no. any amount of work that you do. And if all that's this, if that's the fucking point that they're trying to make, fuck you. <laughs> like all this stuff just needs info dumps, and we're getting more and more stuff, which requires more info dumps, and we're oh. never getting them, Fox. And so, like, you know, I hate it. It's, I it's hate frustrating, it. Fox. I, it's no, frustrating. I'm gonna. I'm coming out right now. I mean, you know what my bottom thrill is? This is not going to be a surprise for anybody. (laughs) All right. Basically, like, listen, 100% ready to read someone's, like, blog post explaining these stories. Like, I admit, I could be dumb. Like, I'm I'm, I'm fair with that. It's not even that I'm dumb. I'll just read what you wrote then. Why waste my time trying to figure it the fuck out? Because, again... I'm not saying that everything should be Henry Moon, but at least they give way for Henry Moon to have some action, to have some feeling from the the art. Like, it's a simple story, but it still made me feel more things than anything that Dingus and Loeb did. Yeah, no, tell me this backstory and how you're getting it from what's on the page. That's all I want to know. Oh, yeah, no, there's no way. You have to read, like, a fucking... A minor thing that the guy once published 10 years ago, you can go yeah. fuck yourself. Like, like, listen, if I got to read an article that John Smith wrote in, like, Deadline or something like that where he explains this stuff, like, that's not the, you know, that's not the, that's not the, that's not the progs. That's like, you know. Sorry, buddy. It's more research. And if it is there, then I need some kind of asterisk and editor's note telling me to go there. Because exactly. otherwise, I just, it just makes me feel dumb and I don't uh, appreciate it. I don't feel like we're stupid. I don't feel like this is some kind of cult hit. I could be wrong, but at the I mean, very, honest, like I don't. Maybe think not it is. this part, but like Indigo Prime, which is sort of this is like laying the groundwork for sort of is is a big deal and stuff that that is really interesting that that, that we're sort of doing to this day. So you know, I want to like it and I want to like sort of be here on, on the ground floor for it. But right now, there's just not there's a lot of stuff out there that is not being explained very well, and I don't appreciate no. it. I don't either. I want yeah. – I'm trying. I tried to read this and look at art. That is what is expected of me as a comic book reader. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's somehow 
um, the degree of difficulty has gone from sort of a the standard 2083 to like an eight, and it's ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, yeah. enough for. Speaking of bellyache and Fox, let's move on to <laughs> Thrill 8, Future Jocks. At least I knew what the fuck was going on in these. Oh! Oh! So, uh, first one, the foreign model, script robot Mark Miller, oh, art man. robot Dave DeAntiki, letting robot Andy Parkhouse. Big debut here, Fox. I almost uh, didn't like this, but the end really sealed the deal. It has ups and downs, for sure. Yeah, but uh, we've got Mark Miller appearing in the prog for the first time. We're going to write a stuff. A bunch of important and extremely controversial thrills oh. then go on to do various superhero comics, including stuff like Superman, Red Sun, Kick-Ass, oh. Wanted. He's the architect of the Marvel Civil War, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Really? Yeah. Damn. All right. Respect. So, yeah. Still very early in his career here. Like, I've liked a lot of Mark Miller stuff. I, I'm not a huge fan of his 2018 output, I, I mean, generally. This one, um, this, again, it, it took me to the punchline to be like, oh, all right, that was good. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking less about this and more about, like, certain large Davids and other characters of that oh, nature. What? Prague, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway. Fuck. Large David. <laughs> yeah. Big Dave. Um, still... Um, at this point, he'd based like very early in his career, he'd done a couple issues of like a comic called of a uh, of called Savior for Trident, but more on him as time goes by. Uh, Sydney Dialysis is uh-huh. racing to get his wife to a holographic exhibition because she's a big uh, fashion model, but crash but crashes his hover car. In the hospital, Sydney is in bed next to another guy. His wife needs a new liver, which Sydney gr- gladly buys because he's rich from her Swedish model good looks. The other man with a similar office says, no way, my wife's ugly, let her die. <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, you know, commit her organs. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But as the days go by, Henry Henry's wife needs more and more spare parts. And Norman, the man from the next bed over, is more than happy to sell them to him. <laughs> in the end... Henry's wife gets out of the hospital, but it's actually Norman's wife and her new body because there was a total brain transplant. It was all a scam. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, yeah, we made out for three mil. Whoops. Can you move around in your new Swedish body, babe? It's hard to get the right parts for these foreign models. Oh. Double air horn. Oh. <laughs> it's real good. The, the end sealed the deal. It was It was good. Fine stuff. Good body swapping, you know, you know, future shock action here. Who doesn't like some body swappage? Uh, always. Next up, a story called Identity Crisis. No. Script robot Nicholas Barber, art robot uh, Glenn Dillon, letter robot Pig Boy Z. Not sure about the letterer here, but I know the artist is Steve Dillon's brother. Um, newswoman Kate Gibson announces that an alien force is invading the city. It could be anywhere or anyone. Naturally, the people of the city start monsters or do on, Ma- on Maple Streeting each other something yep. fierce. As the place descends into chaos, it's revealed that the alien is actually Kate Gibson herself, the newscaster lady. Okay. Fair enough. And with that, Fox. <laughs> thank. I just wanted to say thank you for speeding through that one because it was nonsense. I mean, listen. It like, could have familiar. been two pages. <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 we're pretty familiar with monsters are, are due on Maple Street. Like, you yeah. know, they just turn it. Everyone turns against each other and says they're all aliens and start shooting each other and things like that. You know, there's mm. some decent artwork here and just some good, like, killing people stuff. But that's the whole of the story. Like, you're fine with it. <sighs> and it's it was just nice that you didn't make me think about it for all that long. Thank Happy you. to do so. But I am going to make you think about something now, Fox. Oh, I mean, Namely, this is easy. 
What are your top and bottom thrills for these Prog 641 to 644? So, and this is this is going to, I feel like, uh, <laughs> warrant an eyebrow raise, but uh, also mm. be entirely expected. So I just want to say my, my very clear, very clear runners up for this, right? Judge Anderson and Judge Dredd, I love you guys. You were, it's Judge Dredd, you were a little weird, but I like that you got that weird. But it was weird and made me feel uncomfortable. Anderson, of course, triad excited for Orlock. Man, buddy, my top, how could it be anything less than Survivor? I am so sorry, yet not sorry at all. Survivor was great. <laughs> I, I like, again, it reminded me, I think you put this aptly, it was just, it was like being back uh, in original meme team. But then like mm-hmm. the whole time I was reading and I'm like, why is there not a comic book just about Henry Moon? I mean, there was, <laughs> it's called Survivor. But nothing ever comes of this. And I knew it by the end of like when this thing ended, I was like, this is never coming back. It's too great. Um, (laughs) I love this. I love it so much. I I love it. Just like even, you know, I mean, basically it gets solved in a prog, but just seeing his his old buddy. Well, not old buddy, but like, you know, old teammate again. Yeah. Getting screwed. But then immediately, hey, it's fine running through a streak, getting on a thing. Like, I want to see what fucking, like, Whirly goes to next. Like, this is the this is the rogue trooper I, I never knew I wanted, right? Like, yeah, think like, about like, it. He, uh, he loses his hopping pantherman. Yeah, yeah it's good times. And, yeah, exactly. He loses his talk box and all this. I, just, like, it got my imagination running. And uh, and Henry Moon, it's, he, he has very simple needs. And a lot of people who are there to na- make sure... He does not get the Met. Just wants a human body. I imagine he'd even settle for a robot body. But he's got mm. this fucking panther body, you know? Yeah. Um, I just like the arc. I, I, I mean, again, I was like, oh, they blew up. I didn't remember that. Henry Moon survived. Didn't remember that. But, like, since then, it's, it's just been, you know, not like a whole shitload of tension. But I've just always liked Henry Moon. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, this is me just talking a lot about Henry Moon because I don't want Survivor to go away. That's just how it is. And I mean, Ben, uh, bottom, do we have to talk about it? I'll say special asterisk Moonrunners. Come on. You were on notice there for a minute. <laughs> like, what is this? But like, uh, are we really going to not put Fervent and Lobe on the bottom? Mm. I feel like it's well earned. And yeah, I not, maybe maybe I'll get shit on for that. There are parts of it, like the the weird fucking midget. Uh, sorry, excuse me, little person, um, that just wanted to get the shit beaten out of him for like making him feel good. That was pretty rad. But that was the yeah, only part. Dwarf, yeah, yeah, it's the only part that I understood about this whole thing at all. Mm-hmm. That was the Fair. that was the that was the like few things other than that yeah like the the major domo was at the beginning it was like oh it's the same guy I don't get what the fuck like why and it and it confused <laughs> me and it upset me and Conrad like I'm I mean maybe I am an idiot maybe people will not like me for saying that uh, like I'm sorry but it it doesn't make sense um, certainly not with fresh eyes um, and so with my with my hot takes. My my Henry Moon takes. I ask you, Conrad. That's right. Uh, I am I am curious as to what your top throw was, but I I am fairly certain what your bottom was. Space Spinner two thousand. Not liking John Smith. Loving Hillary Robinson. We're going to get in a lot of trouble for these <laughs> for our for our thoughts, Fox. Um, Man, 
man, I, I will certainly agree with you with Fervent and Loeb as my bottom. Um, mm. Just because, yeah, I just find it to be, like, confusing and not in a good way, especially where there's points where it gets super silly, where, where it gets over the top about the fact that, like, if I don't like it, then it mean, then it's a failing on my part, kind yeah, of, as opposed you. to, as opposed to, like, hey, man, like, you gotta, like, throw me a bone, okay? No, that's some art school student bullshit. Like, oh, you just don't get that when I draw a brown circle, it means this. And it's like, uh, okay, fuck off. Because I, because like, man, because I've really, because there's been John Smith stuff that I've really liked. And I definitely remember liking some of the later uh, Indigo Prime stuff that, sure. that he does as well. And I think it's got a lot of things where it can be very smart and cool. But there's sort of different levels of smart. And sometimes it can be at a point where it's like, well, okay, but like. I just can't, you know. It's I can't figure it out, you know. So, but that's this, not and cool that's or smart. <laughs> yeah, and so at some and at some point, it just feels more like I'm being styled on, or like you know, like it's like something's an elaborate prank as opposed to an actual like Maybe. narrative. But anyway, um, and then I think for my top, huh, um, I'm tempted to join you with Survivor. It's a very tight like six prog story right? that some somehow deals with identity and concepts of freedom while also just being about a panther with a man brain sort of running through and having <laughs> wacky slapstick adventures. It's you know? a it's a rare form thing to have a tight six progs. Yeah, like I don't know. So like that makes it interesting, but I think I will actually go with Judge Anderson this time. Correct choice. Very good um, choice. You know, like I said, I love Arthur Ranson's art. I love like just the uh, yeah. the twist of Orlock coming back and stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I like the uh, I, I, I I I like the stepdad getting his comeuppance and getting oh, like his teeth knocked out by Anderson yes. the, the barrel of Anderson's gun and stuff. That's really <laughs> awesome. The bittersweet ending, right? Like tearing some yeah. kids away from their mom. And just generally this idea that like, you know, and just really just p- stepping in to make this Orlock character a really a threat, like who's really yeah. powerful and scary and that they don't really have anything on. You know, I mean, this is the second time he's basically just completely outclassed the Justice Department, which doesn't happen that often. No. Like, I mean – it's like on like you know the like like if you think about the recurring rogues gallery of Mega City One generally, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's Judge Death, who's literally a transdimensional <laughs> avatar of death that is like literally immortal. Uh, like PJ, maybe who he turned himself they- in. <laughs> and they didn't even know that they were fighting him for most for pretty much all the fights that yeah. he's been in until he got caught, you know. And like I don't know, like maybe the judge child who you know had a couple oh, go I mean, rounds, but and then, then got like nuked a weird resurgence, yeah, with like time travel shenanigans and stuff. But then they nuked him, and it's like that's it for him. Yep. You know, there's just not a lot of recurring bad guys. Generally, when Mega City One fights you, like like when a judge comes after you, they kill you, or you're in the cubes and people don't escape the cubes. You know, no. oh sorry, the other big nemesis, uh, uh just a. A sky surfer that got lucky a couple times, like that's. I mean, that's but it, also, you know? but also has the hearts and minds of not just Mega City, but the judges themselves. Yeah, exactly. But so you know, so it's like it's. So I, I, I just really love taking some time to just keep this Orlock character in our in our minds. You yeah. know, like it's going to be a little while. To, I, 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 you know, he, he'll be back 
pretty soon. I want to say like like in 1990, I think. But um, you know, hmm. there's other bad guys coming in 1990 as well. So I just think keeping him in the mental rolodex is um, important. All right. So yeah. So Anderson's my top for this one. I just always I, love it a makes chance sense to, to me. Always love a chance to hang out with Cassandra. You know, she's oh, a lot she's of fun. Great. Always. I mean, you know, she's my favorite judge. And I nice. chose a, I chose a pantherman over her. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a Hershey man myself. That's the hey. real Conrad Fox divide, I think. Hey, um, it's a it's a beautiful divide. Room enough for everybody, friend. Mm-hmm. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. On 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. And come back next week as we've reached the final third of the year. So it's time for annuals. We're looking at the 1990-2000 AD and Dread annuals with cool guests and fun commentary. Then Ooh. come back the week after that for a deck-clearing five-prog episode. Ooh. Oh, it's going to be real great. We got Strontium Dog. We got Night Zero. I like that. We got Fervent and Loeb. We got Uh, Anderson. And you better believe we got Future Shocks. It's Atomic! Oh my god. Why? Uh, Why Future Shocks? Get him out the door, buddy. Until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid Splendid for free! free!